one constant through all the years, Ray. Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That is a career ender. Just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. From the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program. So glad to have you with us this morning. I'm Rick Benson. Throughout this next hour, we hope to encourage you with a perspective on the sports world that we know you're not going to find anywhere else. We hope you'll enjoy opinions and views that are framed by the Word of God. Sports talk without the trash talk. Joining me, of course, is the show's producer, the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Barletta. If you're not aware, Zach hosts another show called Myths and Mysteries, where he and his brother present some weird, curious, and unexplained stories. What's up next for Myth and Mysteries? What's on your docket? Uh, next weekend, we're going to do D.B. Cooper, which, if you're not familiar, he's a guy that... Uh, jumped out of the plane, right? Yeah, yeah. He Pacific stole, Northwest. Stole a bunch of money in a suitcase, jumped out of the plane with a parachute, and was never seen again. Coming up on today's show... The Professional Bull Riders Velocity Tour will be in action tonight at the Blue Cross Arena in downtown Rochester. Bull Rider Carlos Garcia will join us on the BTG studio line. We'll talk to him about what keeps him coming back and getting on those big old animals after suffering so many injuries. And this guy's had a ton of injuries, but he keeps coming back, keeps getting on those bulls. And I love the PBR, Zach. (laughs) And I know you do, too. Uh, not so much. How do, how do you not get into rodeo and bull riding and all that stuff? I don't know. I mean, I guess on the one hand, you have the the knowledge and the suspense that the guy could be gored to death at any time. But there's also the fact that these guys are like trying so hard just to ride an animal for like eight seconds. It just it it seems like a sport invented by a drunk person. I and I think it's dumb. The first time you have to think back who was the first it had to be a dare, right? The first person to say, Hey man, I bet you won't get on that bull. Yeah. That's a, how the sport came about. A dare or a drunk guy, you know? Like it's it's like the guy that first drank milk. Like no sane person's like, I'm gonna squeeze this and drink whatever comes out of it. You know, like it's it's that's how this kind of stuff starts. The NFL kicked off Thursday night. Zach says we have to do an NFL preview show, so we'll speculate. We'll make some wild guesses, ultimately be doing nothing more than giving our listeners material to point out how we have no idea in the world what's going to happen. I just like to make you have to make predictions because you hate it so much. But it's just like the guys on ESPN, Fox, CBS, NBC, all the other big names covering the NFL. Nobody knows. But we're all going to roll out our predictions. A couple of us will be right. Most of us will be wrong. And, of course, we'll do our regular feature shenanigans. You like that. A lot coming up today. Hope you'll stick with us. So much happening in sports this week that I really don't know where to start, Zach. Much of what's been going on is not something that is easily brought up and you know discussed briefly and then moved on to the next topic. Troubling stories such as that of Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks as he detailed his experience in Las Vegas with police this past week. If you read the account that he shared on Twitter, it was just horrific. If his account is accurate, those officers need to not only be ashamed of themselves, but 
brought up on charges and, and possibly dismissed. But while I believe Bennett, there is another side to the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of people are quick to either condemn Bennett or quick to defend him, but there is another side to the story. And I'm not saying this is the case, but in my experience, there's usually three sides to the story. The two obvious sides, which usually contain elements of the truth, though they may vary on how much truthfulness is contained in those accounts. But then there's the third side, the thing that actually happened. And I have Mm -hmm. no idea what happened, but I will say this. There's absolutely no excuse for brutality or the kind of disrespect or disregard that was allegedly shown by these officers. And while if what Bennett alleges is true, though these officers surely are not representative of the Las Vegas Police Department, I wouldn't think as a whole, there needs to be an apology, there needs to be restitution, and there needs to have justice carried out. But as I said, there's a lot more to this. We're not going to get into this whole thing today other than to just remind people, look, there's more to it. More will be coming out. We'll hear more mm-hmm. from both sides of this. But if what he says is true, it is troubling. We'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead as as more information becomes available. But there's also the situation with Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. Zach, you asked last week if Elliott would be playing in week one, and I said that I didn't think so. I believe that the NFL would be quick to settle with him on – some sort of compromise that both sides could live with that would save further embarrassment by having this thing dragged out through the courts. Figure maybe they'll knock it down to two or three games. He'll sit out the two or three games. Everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I underestimated the incompetence of the league when it comes to disciplinary actions. An arbitrator this week denied Ezekiel Elliott's appeal, upheld the six-game suspension by the league. However, the NFL is allowing Elliott to play Sunday against the New York Giants due to the timing of the decision. Are, are you kidding me? The suspension is upheld, stating that the arbitrator agrees with the decision, agrees with the punishment that was handed out. But go ahead and play against the Giants. What do, I don't I don't understand it. What is the difference of the timing? You were suspended going into the arbitration hearing. You're still suspended coming out of the arbitration hearing. Nothing changed except go ahead and play in week one. Just like that parent, though, that just kind of says, next time you're really going to get it. Doesn't This is what (laughs) comes to mind for me. Yeah. We're recording this program Thursday evening for a Saturday morning broadcast. In between that, on Friday... Judge Amos Mazant III from the U.S. District Court in Sherman, Texas, is scheduled to rule on a motion filed last week by the NFL Players Association for a temporary restraining order that, if granted, would suspend the suspension while lawyers figure this whole thing out. In other words, this is going to get dragged out in the courts, and that's probably why the NFL is saying, go ahead and play in week one, because chances are you're going to be playing in week two, you're going to be playing in week three, you're going to be playing in week From four. From what I've heard, this might end up being a deflate gate situation where he doesn't even see a suspension until next year. Which is what I would think the NFL would want to avoid. If you're defending Ezekiel Elliott, please stop. Stop defending. There may not be enough evidence to convict Elliott. The league may very well have overstepped. For now, I'm not debating any of that. But something probably happened that night, and it probably wasn't all that good. The woman in this situation may be lying about some of it, may be lying about all of it. 
But there's another another possibility that I don't think Cowboy fans are really given any credence to, and that maybe she's not lying. Maybe some maybe she's telling the truth. But even if it isn't, please stop painting Ezekiel Elliott out to be some sort of innocent victim. This is a guy who on video is pulling down a woman's blouse in public. This is a guy who admits to drug use while in college, part of the Ohio State football team. He admitted it last week during the appeal hearing, saying what attracted him to the woman in the first place was that she liked to party. She liked to do drugs and said that he still likes to party. But we'll wait until after the judge's ruling when we have a bit clearer picture of where this is heading before we get too deep into this thing. But for now, Cowboy fans, you get your running back. So let's talk about something really criminal. Once again, a team in New England is caught using video to cheat. (laughs) Major League Baseball confirmed that the Boston Red Sox were guilty of stealing signs against the New York Yankees specifically, but against other opponents as well. This, This is a stupid thing that comes up from time to time because stealing signs is supposedly one of those unwritten rule things where there's some sort of gentleman's agreement that teams won't do it. Meanwhile, everyone know that Teams do it. Mm -hmm. They all do it. The Angels and the A's just got into something the other day over over this sort of thing. And just like the Red Sox, who are now claiming that the Yankees did the same thing, it just becomes a back and forth. Well, you did it. Well, I'm doing it. One team was even complaining that the batters were assessing the catcher's shadow to get an idea of pitch location. The catcher's shadow. So what? If you can do that, what difference does it make? Why, why don't they just get better signs? If that's a problem, maybe the catcher can show pictures like they do on the football sidelines. <laughs> you know, a picture of a tiger followed by Kate Hudson. Well, that means a fastball. A third base coach gives, you know, Val Kilmer as Batman, followed by Michael Keaton as Batman. Well, that's the green light to swing away. Get better signs. The one finger has been the fastball for ages. Change it up. That's the thing that gets me is everybody complains about sign stealing, but everybody uses the same signs that we've been using for a 100 years. And besides, if your pitch is good enough, even if they know it's coming, they still won't be able to hit it. I mean, did anybody ever think Mariano Rivera wasn't going to throw the cutter? Of course they did. They knew what's coming. It doesn't matter if you stole the sign. He was going to throw the cutter. Go ahead and try and hit it. That's it for this first segment of the show. Let me remind you that The Beyond the Game show is on Twitter, at BTG Program. And if you're joining us for the very first time, we're honored that you did. You can find out more about this radio ministry at our website, btgprogram.com. Stick around. Spend the rest of the hour with us. We've got a lot more to do along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Sport where eight seconds can cost you everything. Fear is not an option. Fight the fear. Face the danger. This Saturday only, the Professional Bull Riders Real-Time Pain Relief Velocity Tour presented by Frontier Communications returns to Blue Cross Arena. The top bull riders in the world are back to go head-to-head against the rankest bulls. Advanced tickets start at just 15 bucks and are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. One night only this Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Blue Cross Arena. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. 
They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals, call Town & Country. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem? Call Town & Country. Early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs, so if you suspect a potential problem, call Town & Country Pest Solutions today. Town & Country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. The Professional Bull Riders Velocity Tour stops at the Blue Cross Arena in Rochester later tonight. Carlos Garcia has been riding bulls professionally for about 10 years now. He joins us now on the BTG studio line. Carlos, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. There are a number of ways to make a living that would seem so much less dangerous, albeit less exciting. So why bull riding for you? Um, you know, I just fell in love with bull riding at a young age, and uh, I guess you could say cowboys in my blood, and I've had good challenges. I understand that you're originally from Hammondsport, New York, not all that far from here, right on Cuca Lake. Not what I would really call prime rodeo or prime bull riding country. So how did you first get into the sport? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an often asked question. Uh, my uncle's built an arena uh, there in Prattsburg, New York, off of Cuca Lake in memory of my grandfather. The original purpose was like for 4-H games and stuff, and uh, one of my aunts had lived in Arizona and was intrigued by cowboys and rodeo, so one evening she told all my uncles to put us cousins on the back of bulls, and uh, well, the rest is history. You missed seven months back in 2011 due to an injury. Then again in 2014, you missed another eight months, and then you missed 18 months, including all of last season due to injuries. Have you ever gotten so discouraged that you began to think that maybe enough was enough? Well, you know, I'm not the author of life. Uh, I try to go where God leads me, and uh, he's got me through all things uh, I thought I'd never be able to endure. And um, he's given me a deep passion for bull riding, uh, so I keep on trusting him. And uh, he has a great way of turning things around the past for me. And uh, as I've been through a lot of things and turned them into great testimony. So if I can grow, for, grow from him um, and help others through it, uh, I'll continue to go until it's his will for me not to do it no longer. One of those great testimonies was actually earlier this year. After you sat out those 18 months, somehow you came back and, and won your first Velocity Tour event in Wheeling, West Virginia earlier this year, this after barely returning to the Tour. Was it more difficult for you to come back after this last injury than in the past? I mean, what I guess what I'm saying is, does it shake your confidence at all? You know, it's, it's, not, it's a sport of when, not if. We all know what could happen to us every time we nod our heads. Uh, but if we wasted time worrying about it, uh, we wouldn't be any good at what we do. I wouldn't say it was more difficult to come back this time than any other time. The longer I'm out due to injury, the more I crave it when I come back. Um, and every single time, I want to come back smarter and stronger, spiritually and physically. 
We're talking with bull rider Carlos Garcia here on the Beyond the Game program. He and other PBR athletes will be at the Blue Cross Arena here in Rochester tonight. You can follow the PBR on Twitter at PBR. Unfortunately, yet another injury in North Carolina last weekend will keep you out of tonight's competition. And being that you used to live in Hammondsport, how disappointed are you not being able to ride in what might be considered a home crowd for you? I didn't always have the faith I do now. Um, each injury that I've endured has brought me closer to Christ. I'm a fast-paced guy, and sometimes I have to learn the hard way. Uh, studying the way Christ walked this earth shows me how to get through things. I was real disappointed at the original fact of what happened. Um, but, you know, I have an MRI next Wednesday uh, with Dr. Candy Freeman uh, with the PBR, and, and he's the best in the business. So uh, I have full faith that the Lord will bring me through this too, just like he is every other time. And uh, Candy's the best man for the job, and hopefully it won't be as bad as we're anticipating. Do you still have family in this area? Yeah, uh, I actually do. That's where all my family still lives, is around the Prattsburg, Stuben County vicinity, around Cuba Lake. And um, I actually have a couple stepbrothers that live in Rochester and a bunch of uh, my friends that I graduated with that live in Rochester. And so, uh, yeah, super excited. Several years back, I won one in Albany. So that was real sweet to me, too, uh, especially with my folks being there and stuff. Um, but just to be able to go there and uh, for people up, around home to be able to get an inside look at what the PBR has to offer and stuff and uh, how exciting the sport is and the adrenaline rush and it is uh, great entertainment and hope everybody gets to enjoy it. Carlos, from what I know about you and just hearing you talk in these last few minutes, I know that faith is an important part of your life. How has your faith in Christ played a role in your career as a professional bull rider? You know, like I said, I've been through a lot of injuries and uh, every single time he's brought me through that. I would say that without him, I would have been done riding bulls a long time ago. It's a very mentally grueling sport, physically, obviously, as well. Um, and every single thing, every single time we have trials, he's brought me through it. And without him, I don't think that I'd be able to be where I'm at today, you know. And unfortunately, like I said, I'm not going to be able to be there this weekend and stuff to compete. But I'll still be able to get there and live out the dream and uh, be able to be in the sport and uh and promote it the best I can as I want to continue to grow the sport and bring the sport um, to all kids coming up and stuff. Do you find it difficult to keep a consistent spiritual walk being part of the tour, considering how much travel is involved and how often you're away from your home church? Not really, uh, you know, and not only in the PBR, but in the rodeo world in general. Um, we have Cowboys of the Cross and several different um church organizations, uh, and I'm, I'm really thankful to have a, a great wife. Um, she's, she's helped me out through everything, and she's a very spirit-led woman, and so that really helps me out. I'm very thankful uh, for that blessing. Uh, and I have a, a few very spiritual brothers in Christ um, that have ridden bulls professionally, my friend Sam Medlock and Scotty Williams, and, and it's easy to be able to talk to them in situations that just happen, even in the situations when we have victory and success. And you know how it is, just as well as I do. He's with us every single mile marker. So it's always easy going up the road with him. Once again, we're talking with Carlos Garcia, professional bull rider on the PBR's Velocity Tour. Can you take a moment and share with our listeners how you first became a believer in Jesus Christ? I would say I always knew about Jesus. It wasn't until I purposely began to get to know him and have a personal relationship with him that I began to realize what it was all about. 
there's been several different situations in my life, like I said, that um, the blessings just reach out at me and, and they're right there. Um, and I think that everybody has a little sense of it. And it's not until they build their personal relationship, if you will, with Jesus, until I think people can really fully understand um, his greatness. How old were you when you first turned your life over to Christ? I was probably a senior in high school, and uh, we had a little Bible study uh, in Hammond Sports Central School um, that I don't know if it still um, goes on, but we had started it, and uh, and that's when it happened. And ever since, of course, you know, I there's been times when you feel like you're getting far from it, but you bring it back, and, and we're always protected by Him. Yeah. Carlos, how can our listeners pray for you specifically? Well, um, I think everybody that's listening right now and uh, hopefully they gets to make it out to the arena at the Blue Cross Arena on, uh, tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, and if, I guess if they could just pray for me to continue to seek God's will in my life and continue to be a light in every dark situation in this very dark world. Obviously, we'll also be praying to, that you'll heal quickly. We want to see you back out there on getting on the bulls, riding in the tour. Carlos, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And though you won't be riding tonight, I do wish you all the best on the rest of the season. Thank you, Rick. I really appreciate everything and uh, appreciate the quick speedy recovery on my arm. I'll see you tonight, my friend. Awesome. That sounds great. Appreciate it, Rick. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. That's Carlos Garcia here on the Beyond the Game program. He's currently riding on the Professional Bull Riders Velocity Tour, which will be happening tonight at 7 p.m. at the Blue Cross Arena here in Rochester. And I've told you before, Zach, I, I absolutely love the Pro Bull Rider Series. Do you know they bring in 70 tons, 70 tons of dirt to fill the arena, seven semi-trucks of equipment and supplies. It takes about it takes 30 guys, about 36 hours to get this whole thing set up for the event. And you won't want to miss it. 7 p.m. tonight at the Blue Cross Arena, the Professional Bull Riders Real-Time Pain Relief Velocity Tour, the Rochester Rumble. Presented by Frontier Communications. We're not done yet. Coming up after the break, Zach and I will look ahead at the upcoming NFL season, give you our best guesses as where teams will finish. Come on back. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. I was a cowboy at the crossroads of tomorrow. Just a stone's throw from heaven or hell I didn't know. Time now for the Red Hawks Report for this week, September 9th, 2017. The Red Hawks Report is being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. A rough start to the season for the Red Hawks teams this past week. In women's volleyball, Roberts dropped all four matches at the Crimson Hawk Invitational in Indiana, Pennsylvania, the birthplace, by the way, of the late, great Jimmy Stewart. The Red Hawks returned home Tuesday night, but fell again this time to the college at Brockport. The ladies will be looking to break into the win column this weekend at the Cavalier Classic in Ohio. In soccer, the women won their season opener at home, beating Lemoyne College 1-0, making senior Orla Martin's goal stand up for the win. The Red Hawks then dropped two on the, on the road before ending in a scoreless tie with the College of St. Rose in the third of a three-game road trip. The men's soccer team is still looking for their first victory this season as they dropped two at home by identical 3-2 margins before being shut out at Lemoyne College 2-0. The Red Hawks' schedule had them playing those three games in a span of just five days. But not everyone got off to rocky starts. The Roberts Wesleyan women's tennis team came away with a decisive 9-0 win in their opener while visiting the college at Brockport. The Red Hawks won all the doubles matches in straight sets, 
while Andrea Gallardo and Laura Freeman each won in singles without losing a game 6-0 and 6-0. Coming up later this week, the women's volleyball team will host Lemoyne College at the Baller Athletic Center on Tuesday, September 13th. Game time is 7 p.m. Remember that you can now stream Roberts Athletics live via the ECC Network app. For more information on that, as well as other news pertaining to Roberts Wesleyan Athletics, visit their website, robertsredhawks.com. Get scores, highlights, and more. Once again, that's robertsredhawks.com. And there you have it. The Red Hawks Report for this week, September 9th, 2017. The Red Hawks Report is presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. You can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This Red Hawks Report has been brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. As host of this fine auditory masterpiece, I generally have a large say in what we talk about. Usually, Zach and I will go back and forth throughout the week, texting different topics, ideas, and almost always we agree about what we're going to do on the program. But there are a couple of times every year when I just get shut down. He's the producer, not to mention that he's also bigger than I am. And so he gets to flex his muscle a little bit every now and again and demand that we talk about certain things. My muscle, because I have one. There's only one, but I flex it. It's at the start of each season, be it baseball, hockey, football. Truthfully, I think he'd probably be okay if we didn't do it for basketball, but he likes to do a preview segment before each season. I think it must be to appeal his nerddom. It satisfies his appetite for stats and numbers and coming away with some sort of projection based on his figuring. I, however, am fairly confident that anyone who does a projection, a prediction, a preview, whatever you want to call it, they're really only speculating on things and just giving you their best guesses. I hate speculating. Yet somehow on this show, I find we're doing it all the time. (laughs) Now, obviously, you can't predict injuries. You can't predict when certain guys will have career years or other guys will suffer slumps. But it makes the producer happy. So here we go. We're going to go down each division, give you the order we think they'll finish. We'll give you our wild card winners, Super Bowl matchup, and eventual NFL champion. We'll stop along the way for a couple of key teams, basically his Bills, my Giants, talk about wins and losses, and we'll see as time moves on. So let's start in the AFC East. Zach, I have the Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets finishing in that order. That's interesting because I have the exact same thing. As do most people that I've read doing these silly predictions. This seems like one this of the is, easier This ones. division is pretty clear cut. A lot of people have the Jets going 0-16. I don't see that happening. They're they're going to get a win in there. But it might only be one. But it, it might it, be that's the Bills. all I have. <laughs> I, I looked at their schedule. I see them 
they've got a game at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that's a winnable game for the New York Jets, mm-hmm. but that might be it. So there's a, there's the AFC East. Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. The Central, I have Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, as do as does much of America. What say you? You mean the North, right? The AFC North? I'm sorry, yes. What did I say? Central? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I have Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns. I must be thinking baseball. I'm in baseball mode. I'm still not ready to get football. Well, this is getting to be the best time of year for baseball. I know it. That's why I think football starts just a little early. I don't know you can't back it up. You can't mm-hmm. go much later than they already do. But I'm just I'm I'm not ready for football just yet because you are getting into the best part of the baseball season. Yeah. Yes, me, you, most of America, Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns, AFC South, Titans, Texans, Jaguars. Colts. I have the same thing, and I'm very impressed. I didn't know if you would be as high on the Titans as I am. I am. And again, here's another division that most people have that same order. The only flip-flopping there is a couple of people have the Colts finishing ahead of the Jaguars. I do have the Texans in the playoffs, though. They're one Mm. of my wildcard teams. They're a good team. If they get even average quarterback play, I think they'll be in pretty good shape. AFC West gets wild. Mm -hmm. This division... I've seen every team somewhere predicted to finish first. Somebody, as as you're looking at what other people are doing, all the big names are predicting their teams. Yeah. I've seen every team in this division picked first. And I've seen three of the four picked to go to the Super Bowl. But I have Raiders, Chiefs, both teams making the playoffs, the Chiefs being the wild card, Chargers, Broncos. That's interesting. Uh, I have Raiders, Broncos, Chargers, Chiefs. Wow. So you have probably the Chiefs in the playoffs, and I have them in last. Oh, I do. I've got them finishing 12-4. and four. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. This is one of those divisions. We were talking about this off-air before the show, that if you didn't just take division winners to the playoffs, if you just took the best records, all four of these teams would probably be in the playoffs. So just a loaded division. My... Division champions, Patriots, Steelers, Titans, Raiders, my two wild cards in the AFC. Texans, Chiefs, who are you two, your two wild cards? Texans, Broncos. Who comes out of the AFC into the Super Bowl? The Titans. You have the Titans. I, look, we all know it's going to be the Patriots. I think they're the easy But you choice. just said the Titans. Right, but I don't want to take the chalk. I want it to be something worth talking about. So I am taking the Titans, which... You know, I want so bold and spicy. <laughs> I just want to say now, in case it does happen, I already have a Titans jersey. I bought it last year. I'm already on the bandwagon. So when they when they go to the Super Bowl, you can't call me a bandwagoner. In the NFC East, I've got Cowboys, Giants, Giants as a playoff team, Eagles, Redskins, and I will tell you that I went back and forth between the Cowboys and the Giants mm-hmm. and. I, I had to really stop and think, is it because I'm a Giants fan that I'm giving them all this extra love, or or do I really believe that they're that good? And I think they are that good. Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, Redskins. If you flip-flop the top two, I have the same. Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins. I think the Giants have a better defense, much better defense than Dallas does. If Dallas had a full 16 games of Zeke Elliott guaranteed, I think that might be enough to put them in the top spot. But as of now, they don't, so Giants in first place. Packers, Lions, Vikings, Bears. Pretty close. 
I got Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. I've seen people pick the Lions to win this division, which I think is crazy. This is another one of those divisions. I've seen three of the four teams picked by top proponents for the division. I bet I can guess who the one team that wasn't picked is. The Bears. Nobody picked the Bears. (laughs) NFC South, I've got Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Saints. That is exactly what I have. This is going to be terrible radio. NFC West, Seahawks, Cardinals. Cardinals making the playoffs, Rams, 49ers. That's what I've got. Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers. I do think the Rams will be a lot better than people think, and they could push the Cardinals for second place. But the Cardinals are so good, and they still got David Johnson. So right now I have them in second. Cowboys, Packers, Falcons, Seahawks, division winners in the NFC. I've got Giants and Cardinals as wildcard teams. Who do you have for wildcard? I will take the Cowboys and the Vikings. Who comes into the Super Bowl? The Packers. Yeah, that's what I have. I've got a Packers-Patriots Super Bowl with the Patriots winning the whole thing. That would be fun, except for the last part. Yeah, well, you're a Bills fan. You don't want to see that paper. You can't deny how good they are. They are. But does anybody outside of New England want to see the Patriots win? No, probably not, but you can't deny how good they are, so whatever. I got a Titans-Packers Super Bowl, and I'm giving it to the Packers because Aaron Rodgers. Well, if the Titans were playing the Packers, yeah, then I would definitely go Packers. But I think it's going to be Patriots-Packers, and I see the Patriots winning another Super Bowl title. But let's let's look a little closer at the Buffalo Bills, your team. How many wins do you see them finishing with? Well, before all the big trades of Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby and everything— um, and the, the surprising cut of Jonathan Williams, I thought they were a 6-10 team. And after all those moves, I think they're a 6-10 team. So, uh, you know, there's the foundation is there for a good team. There is a lot of talent on this team. It's going to take some time to put it together. They're going to have some big pieces to add in the draft next year. I think they'll be good, but not great. I think they're 6-10. and 10. I think their defense bells them a lot of a, out of a lot of games. I think the keeps them in be some games good. because I just I don't think they have that. I, I've got them though finishing eight and eight. I'm looking at them. I think they can their schedule. I see them being able to beat the Bengals on the road. They got home games against the Broncos and the Jets, the Saints, the Colts, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins. They can win all those games at home, and they play the Jets twice. So there's two more. <laughs> I don't see them going to San Diego and getting a win. I don't see them going to Kansas City and getting them getting a win. I don't see them going to Miami, Atlanta, uh, Carolina, New or New England. I don't see them beating New England at home either. And I don't see them beating the Raiders at home. So I see an 8-8 eight and eight finish for the Buffalo Bills. That'd be all right. I'd be all right with 8-8. Eight and eight. That's respectable with this roster. I just... Uh... I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. I think 6-10 and 10 is probably right about the right neighborhood for this team. All right, let's look a little closer at the New York Giants. They are a very good football team. I Hot believe take. so. I've got them at 10-6. and six. The losses that I have the Giants, I don't think they can go to Dallas and beat the Cowboys. I think divisional games on the road. Divisional games are so tough to begin mm-hmm. with. On the road is even harder. I think at the Cowboys, at the Eagles are going to be tough. At the Redskins, going to be tough. I don't see them going all the way to Oakland and beating the Raiders, although I'm hoping to be at that game. My wife is a big Raiders fan, and they play the Giants there this year. So That would be awesome. Hey, if she can't go, I'll go. <laughs> I 
I don't see them going to Denver, going in the in the mile high and getting a win there. And I don't see them being able to beat the Chiefs at home. So all the other games, Lions at home, Bucks on the road, Chargers at home, Seahawks at home. I think the Giants can win that game. Rams at home at 49ers. Division games, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins at home. And at the Cardinals. I think they can beat the Cardinals on the road. So I see the Giants at 10 and 6. So there you have it. That, people, is our 2017 NFL preview. I do not suggest running off to Vegas and placing bets based on what you just heard. (laughs) Hopefully you'll forget by year end. That is, unless we get it right, then you won't forget because you won't be able to because we'll be reminding you every week how well we're doing. More to do. Don't go away. The Beyond the Game program with Benson and Barletta. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Zach. If you're a fan of unsolved mysteries, mythical monsters, murder whodunits, or just podcasts in general, check out my other show, The Myths and Mysteries Podcast. Every two weeks, my brother Spencer and I tell fascinating stories about topics like the Bermuda Triangle, JFK's assassination, chupacabras, serial killers, and more. You can find us by searching for Myths and Mysteries on iTunes or Google Play, or on our website, mythsandmysteriespod.com. Don't forget to click subscribe and leave us a review to let us know what you think. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Myths Podcast. So go check out the Myths and Mysteries podcast, and we'll see you next time. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Is here. Ram Sports Network. Christian Sports Television. That's right. Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian sports TV channel with programming from Pee to the Pros. Games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, Western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at RamSportsNetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network. More than a game. In a sport where eight seconds can cost you everything, fear is not an option. Fight the fear. Face the danger. This Saturday only, the Professional Bull Riders Real-Time Pain Relief Velocity Tour presented by Frontier Communications returns to Blue Cross Arena. The top bull riders in the world are back to go head-to-head against the rankest bulls. Advanced tickets start at just 15 bucks and are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. One night only this Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Blue Cross Arena. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. Mixing sports with faith. The Beyond the Game program is recorded in Rochester, New York, in our very own BTG studios. You can follow us on the internet, btgprogram.com, or on social media, at btgprogram. We welcome you in from wherever it is that you may be listening from, whether it's on traditional radio, like our flagship station in Rochester, New York, 97.5, The Team, 
or perhaps you're listening via podcast. can be found there at our website. You can find all our old broadcasts there. Shamelessly give the website again. It's btgprogram.com. Or you can search on iTunes, Google Play for Beyond the Game, and it'll come up there. That's what listeners in Bethel, Washington have done this past week. Downloaded it on a podcast. Thank you, Bethel, for your support of the program. I don't know if you've ever driven through Bethel, the suburb of Seattle. It sits on kind of two counties. It's King County and uh, I can't think of the other one. But the, the city is situated right on kind of straddling the two. And they don't name their streets. The streets are all 10th Avenue, 11th Avenue, et cetera, et cetera. So the problem is when you change from one county to the other, the road changes. As you cross out of or into King County, the road name changes. So you might be cruising down 10th Avenue, and then all of a sudden you're on 32nd Street. It's just, it's all very confusing there in Bethel, Washington. Bethel, Washington is also the hometown of Minnesota Timberwolves' Zach Levine. I almost said Adam Levine, like in Maroon 5. Zach Levine, slam dunk extraordinaire, a winner of back-to-back NBA slam dunk championships. Wherever you may be listening from, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making the Beyond the Game program part of your day. I hope it's a good day. Visit our website once again, btgprogram.com. And if you feel so led, you can make a donation to the program right there to our radio ministry. Help support us, your financial gifts help keep the program on the air, as well as bringing it to new markets around the country. Zach, let's do some shenanigans. What have you got for us this week? All right, number one, we were just doing some NFL predictions, so in keeping with that theme, the Cleveland Browns will finish this season with a better record than the Buffalo Bills. Nah, shenanigans. Like I said, I, I've got the Bills 8-8, eight and eight, but I think the Bills' defense keeps them in games. You know I'm not a big believer in Tyrod Taylor. We've talked about it the last couple of seasons, though I will admit he's shown he can at least be decent. He can be good. He can be efficient. But he's not great, and the offense around him is, well, now they're pretty much playing for other teams after all the trades and stuff. (laughs) But the Bills should win some games if the defense keeps it close. And, you know, all Taylor has to do is be good enough. The Browns, meanwhile, have, have you looked at their schedule? Who can they beat? A couple of what would be winnable games are on the road, which means they're less winnable. But they have the Jets, they have the Jaguars at home, and they may be an upset or two somewhere along the way. I see Bills with eight wins, I see the Browns with four. I don't think that they'll finish with more <laughs> wins or a better record than the Bills. So I'll say shenanigans, although I do think it's very possible they have the same record. I had the Bills at 6-10 and 10 and I could see the Browns uh, being there, which would be incremental progress for them. Number two. Keeping with the Cleveland Browns for some reason, Brock Osweiler returned to the Denver Broncos after being cut by the Browns. Truth or shenanigans, Osweiler, who was being paid over $16 million by Cleveland to not play quarterback for them, will start a game for the Broncos this season. That is one crazy story, but I agree with this. I think he will play. He will start a game for the Broncos. For one thing, the physicality in the NFL is so brutal that teams need to have a backup ready to play because there's a pretty good chance He's going to get a start somewhere along the line. Now, add in that the Broncos' pass protection is suspect, in my opinion. I think that Trevor Simeon will really have to progress in order for the Broncos to excel because I think he's going to be under pressure a lot. So, yeah, I see Osweiler getting an opportunity to start, not because he won the job or or nothing permanent, but I do see him getting a spot start here or there. 
I agree. For one thing, I think he's already the number two quarterback there. Paxton Lynch is injured, has a multi-week injury. Trevor Simeon, the seventh-round pick, who was okay, was certainly not entrenched, adequate, um, but certainly no great shakes. And like you said, guys get hurt all the time. You see guys go down with non-contact injuries all the time. So the chances of their 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 quarterback Trevor Simeon making it through all the games. Very low. Osweiler's already the number two. He's been there before. He knows the deal. The chances of him getting at least one start, I think, are very high. And teams have lined up to give Osweiler big money. They see something in him. So there's obviously talent and ability. And being back in Denver, maybe he can excel. That is the only place that he was good, was Denver. Number three, Nathan Peterman will start more games at quarterback for the Bills than Tyrod Taylor this season. What are your thoughts on this, buddy? Uh, I think it's very, very possible. Tyrod Taylor is, as we've seen, doesn't seem to be capable of playing through a full season. He's not a really big guy for a quarterback. His running style makes him uh, likely to absorb more hits than a normal quarterback would. And there's also a chance that this team is out of it by halfway through the season and just decides to see what they have in their young quarterback, Peterman. So uh, I agree. I think it's very possible that he will. I think it's possible, but I say shenanigans that I don't think he will. And I'm not, a, as I said, a big believer in Tyrod Taylor. We just spoke about that. But Peterman was a bit of a surprise to be where he is on the depth chart. To think that he's going to move all the way to the starting quarterback in Buffalo, mm-hmm. I, man, that's a big jump. Number four, the Los Angeles Dodgers' recent slump should have them concerned about their chances in the postseason. No. Absolutely not. (laughs) Shenanigans. They have a huge lead in the division. You know, staying focused. You know, it's so easy to fall in the cruise control when that happens. And most teams do go through a rough stretch here or there, even teams as good as the Dodgers. And I know they recently lost 9 of 10, but they're they're going to be just fine. Their pickup of Hugh Darvish is key because Mm -hmm. you got Clayton Kershaw in a playoff rotation. Clayton Kershaw, Darvish, Rich Hill, Alex Wood, and then – you got Ryu and, and Medea if you need that. I think Dave Roberts, manager Dave Roberts, has to keep them focused. But come October, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I agree. And I think when we first started to hear stories about, um, oh, the Dodgers might be in trouble, they look better than ever, it was when they had that rough series with the Diamondbacks. And, I mean, you had a game where J.D. Martinez hits four home runs against you. You're going to lose that. And the Diamondbacks are one of the hottest teams in the game. They have and you're not going to go 162 and 0. Exactly. You're not going to go 140 and 22. Yeah, I think that the Dodgers had a little bit of a rough patch that coincided with running into a very hot, very good team. Look at this roster. Look at this pitching staff. Like you said, the Dodgers are going to be fine. They are built to win a short series. Last but not least, Giancarlo Stanton is on pace to finish the year with 63 homers. Truth or shenanigans. Stanton will reach or exceed that 63 home run total. I say shenanigans, and and I'm not disrespecting Stanton. It's because I don't know why teams would pitch to him. I mean, realistically, Miami's just playing out the stretch at this point. Now, Mm -hmm. in in their games, they have a bunch of games against teams doing the same thing, but they do have some games against teams that are fighting for postseason. I don't know why Milwaukee, Arizona, or Colorado – would mess around with giving him anything to hit. Let the other guys beat you. 
You're not going to pitch to, to Giancarlo Stanton. You're not going to let him decide your wild card chances if you're one of those three teams that are still fighting. You know, you you can back those nine games out, which gives him a lot less time to try to get to that number. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get anything to swing at. Although, although those games with the Rockies are in Colorado, so if he does <laughs> in that thin air, who knows? Yeah, he may get them all there. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to agree with the statement. I think that he will get there. Simply because you look at the pace that he's on, he's just having one of those years, and sometimes it's unexplainable. And you think, like you said, why would teams pitch to him? But why have they pitched to him all year? You know, he's hit, what, 30 home runs since the All-Star break or something like that, and you'd think people would start walking him, but they don't seem to be so. And he's close enough already. I think he'll do it. You know, we're talking about Giancarlo Stanton, so let's just camp here for a minute as long as we are. A lot of rumors. Will the Marlins trade him? Will they not trade him? Will they wait till the offseason? If you're the Miami Marlins, why in the world would you trade Giancarlo Stanton? I get it. He's got a huge contract. Most of it's backloaded. But wouldn't that be, you're selling your team, but if you're buying the Marlins, wouldn't you want Giancarlo Stanton? You'd You'd be like buying Nick Tahoe's without rights to the garbage plate. Why would you do that? I guess the other side of that coin is if they want to pare down the payroll, that's the obvious place to start. But trading Stanton would be such a difficulty because there's a couple of things. One, the size of the contract. The length of the contract. It is a 13-year, $350 million contract with $300 million of it still to pay. Besides that, he's got a full no-trade clause in that contract. That's a big obstacle. Now, the other thing, what would you have to give up? Oh, my goodness. The Marlins are, would hold out for everything plus some of what your neighbor has. <laughs> hey, good night. You'd have to give up. There's one team out there, and there's four that have expressed an interest. The Giants, the Cardinals, the Phillies, and there was a fourth team. And was it's it a, Texas? Yes. The Phillies make sense to me. They have absolutely no long-term commitments. They can actually absorb that contract mm-hmm. pretty easily. The problem is, what do you do after that? How do you address an other needs? It'd be like where the Yankees were waiting for Mark Teixeira or Alex Rodriguez to come off the books because mm-hmm. you're handicapped because of that. It doesn't make sense. Hey, do you see him getting traded? I don't, um, and mostly for the reasons that you said. You see it, an ownership group coming in to take over this team, and I know that he didn't commit that much money to the actual purchase of the team, but he's the figurehead, and that's Derek Jeter. And he's one of those athletes that his will to win is almost unmatched, except by the very greats. And I can't see somebody like Derek Jeter buying a team and then immediately making the team actively worse by trading away somebody like Stanton. Like you said, the list of places he could go is limited. I just think they have a hard time filling that stadium as it is. Can you imagine if they were to trade away Giancarlo Stanton? You know, the Phillies, again, being a possibility because they have no long-term commitments. And they have depth in their minor leagues. I don't know mm-hmm. that they have that can't-miss guy down there. Mm-hmm. But they've got a ton of this, these second-level guys, really good guys. A lot, a lot of upside to where the Philadelphia Phillies are going. To give up all that for one player would be reminiscent of what I think the Yankees used to do. There, there, there was the two eras of George Steinbrenner, the pre-suspension and post-suspension Steinbrenner. The pre-one would 
sign all these free agents and trade away the farm because he was impatient waiting for young players to develop. Mm -hmm. The post-Steinbrenner saw what Gene Michael did while he was out and the development of guys like the core four. I would hate to see the Phillies get impatient and trade away their future to get John Carlos Stanton the way the Yankees did, but getting impatient is nothing new. In fact, we get impatient in our lives. We get impatient waiting on God sometimes. Think of think, and this is nothing at all new. Think of when the God called Moses up to Mount Sinai to give him the Ten Commandments. The Israelites got impatient waiting for Moses to come back down. So what do they do? They start pleading with with Aaron to Moses's brother to make them an idol. They get all their gold together and they melt it down and they come up with this image of a golden calf and they they start worshiping that, which sounds silly. Mm -hmm. To us, yeah, let me just have a golden ostrich that I can bow down to or a golden cow (laughs) I'll bow down to. But we do that in our lives. We trade God for things that are are much less satisfying. In essence, we trade him for a golden idol. Things like our careers, things like our relationships, maybe even sports. And I'm not saying sports is bad, but when you have an imbalance – of time dedicated to sports, that it takes away time from God, well, then you have an idol. We, we Maybe it's even we idolize perfectly toned bodies such as Zach's and myself. You know, people want their, they become their own idol because they're worshiping this image that they think they need for themselves or they want for themselves or they think they should be. All of these things compromise our spiritual walk by taking our focus away from God. Matthew twenty two thirty seven says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Ultimately, unlike God, all of those things we mentioned, sports, relationship, careers, wealth, health, all those things, well, they're eventually going to be disappointing to you. They're ev- eventually going to be found insufficient to meet your needs. Don't make a bad trade by choosing an idol over God who loved you enough to die for your sins. Don't compromise your future. Don't tie up your time with things that distract you from a healthy relationship with God. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, There your heart will be also. Where is your heart this morning? Is it with God or is there another treasure you're putting before him? Perhaps if you're honest with yourself, you've made the same trade the Israelites did long ago. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back, tell you what it is that we like this week, wrap up the show. We'll be right back after this. In a sport where eight seconds can cost you everything, fear is not an option. Fight the fear. Face the danger. 
This Saturday only, the Professional Bull Riders Real-Time Pain Relief Velocity Tour presented by Frontier Communication returns to Blue Cross Arena. The top bull riders in the world are back to go head-to-head against the rankest bull. Advanced tickets start at just 15 bucks and are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. One night only this Saturday, 7 p.m. at the Blue Cross Arena. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Many across our great country are suffering. They're dealing with catastrophe and devastation, the likes of which many of us will be fortunate if we never experience. As wildfires rage out west, hurricanes batter the south. It seems simplistic to just say, trust in God. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and we are comforted and protected by trusting in it. The Miami Marlins are what I like this week. As Hurricane Irma approached South Florida, the Miami Marlins allowed their staff and their players' families to travel with the team on their current road trip, which takes them to Atlanta and Philadelphia. Team manager Don Mattingly said that Jeffrey, referring to team owner Jeff Loria, quote, Jeffrey ultimately made the decision that all the families are going to get to go with us, travel the whole trip, kids and the whole thing. We enjoy the games. America obviously loves its sports. Oftentimes, even the return of sporting events after a major disaster bring comfort and relief, sort of a a return to normalcy. But during the trial, or in this case, as as these players and the staff is watching the storm approach, the games become secondary. The welfare of people is what matters most. I applaud the Marlins for recognizing how unimaginably difficult and uncomfortable it would be to leave family behind just to play a baseball game just to entertain a crowd in the name of business. The Miami Marlins protecting their families by allowing them to travel with the team is what I like this week. You like that? You like that? What I like this week was USC allowing long snapper Jake Olsen, who is blind, to play a snap in their game last week. It was a cool moment for him. He you know, had a lot of good things to say about it afterwards. It was a really inspiring video to see. So, USC allowing long snapper Jake Olson to get into a game is what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? This has been the Beyond the Game program. We hope you've enjoyed today's show. I want to thank Carlos Garcia for coming on the program today. Just a reminder, if you're in the Rochester area, I know I'm going to be there. Come out and join Carlos tonight at the Blue Cross Arena downtown for the Professional Bull Riders Tour. Starts at 7 p.m. I hope you can make it. Check out our website, btgprogram.com. If you have something that you want us to know, you can send us an email, hosts at btgprogram.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, like our Facebook page, all that good stuff, at btgprogram. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week, right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody.